Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock grain and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar. Thanks for listening in to another episode. So while consumers around the world are pretty distressed with the elevated grain and oilseed prices, growers that have quality crops to sell are cashing in. And for Australia, it's a pretty good year to have a near record production season. I have Nick Booth joining me today, who many of you will know, he is a regular contributor to Mercado Reports and also director of Next Level Grain Marketing in the Air Peninsula. And we're going to talk about what's driving prices and the outlook for grain and oil seeds. Before we jump into the episode, though, a quick market update. So last week we saw a much cheaper lamb market, and a lot of that was driven by a big boost in new season lamb numbers at sale yards in Victoria. And we also saw a jump in slaughter numbers in the east as well. But we're still yet to see slaughter get much higher than the winter lows, so that's something we'll be watching in the weeks ahead. The market did recover some of the losses this week, though, which was good news. Turning to cattle, and just when we thought that young cattle prices couldn't get any higher, the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator managed another push this week to 1,068 cents, and the West has just blown it out of the water with the Western Young Cattle Indicator at 1,129 cents this week, which is incredible stuff and just another show of rain spurring on the market. We'll move on to grain now, and for that, Nick is going to join me, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Meridian Agriculture is a multidisciplinary specialist consultancy established by Dr. Mike Stevens. Meridian's 16 consultants spread across six locations in New South Wales and Vic employ an evidence-based, scientific approach to farming and a personalised manner with their clients. Meridian specialises in improving both financial and operational aspects of farming enterprises and guiding families through the often difficult transition of succession planning. Head to their website, meridian-ag.com.au, to learn more. Nick, firstly, welcome back to Commodity Conversations. I think it's been a few months now since we spoke to you here last, and I guess it would be getting closer to that exciting and busy time of year for you. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having us, Liv. Good. And firstly, how are the crops progressing in the Air Peninsula? I know you have missed out on a fair bit of the beautiful rainfall that a lot of the rest of the country has received. So how's it looking on the ground? Yeah, it's um, it's okay. Uh, we, we had a, a, a an inch of rain across uh, EP um, late last week, which I think has um, breathed a little bit of life back into the season. I mean, the, the crops are... are are well advanced, um, you know, filling. Um, barley is probably a little bit too late to benefit, but but wheat is is um, is still going to sort of you know fill a few extra grains. So so you know we're all hoping for you know an average or better type of season, which is quite extraordinary given the the last two months, which have been um, like driest on record for for EP. So so fingers crossed, we um, we end up with a with a with a pretty solid harvest. Just in time, by the sounds of it, to, to get those grains filled, which is really good news. I think today, Nick, we should start with the global picture, though. Hmm. So we're sort of getting to the tail end of the harvest in the northern hemisphere, and it's really been the drought-affected yields there that's been a major driving force in the grain and oilseed market. So 
we should focus there, I think, to begin with. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on what the supply situation is for the key crops and what it's meant for prices? Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, it's it's been a it's been quite an extraordinary year. Um, I mean, poor old Canada's had a um, had a pretty rough trot, and that's that's largely been the uh, the central theme for um, for the price action um, across the wheat and and canola uh, markets. Um, they've had their their wheat and canola harvest probably cut by thirty. 40%. Um, they're still probably telling up the final results, but it's been a been a tough year and it's left canola in particular very, very tight. Um, but for, on a global perspective, too, you know, you take out uh, 10 million tonnes out of out of the global wheat crop and, and high quality, high protein wheat in particular, um, it's tightened things up. And then when you you look at Russia, they they were looking like um, Sitting on a on a near record type of crop only six weeks ago, and then all of a sudden the um, the spring wheat yields just weren't there, and they ended up dropping about eleven million tons as well. So, so you know, combined, um, we found that that wheat has become, I guess, a driving factor on its under its own steam, um, and we're now looking at with the major exporters probably sitting on or slightly under 13% stocks to use, which historically is very, very tight. You mentioned in there the stocks to use, Nick, which is one of the key factors that we look at uh, in terms of driving price. So given that the Northern Hemisphere is pretty much done with their harvest, how is that likely to change over the next 12 months or so? Can the supply side of the equation really move much between now and then? Yeah, look, I mean, the Northern Hemisphere is obviously largely known. I think um, the USDA made a couple of tweaks in their last report, uh, lifting um, primarily uh, wheat and soybean stocks um, a little. But you know, going forward, it's it's really only Australia and Argentina that are that have really yet to um, to reap their crops. Now, Australia, I think we could you know finesse over the final number, but it looks like you know it's pretty looks pretty certain to be back to back near record crops I mean, last year was a record this year will be probably slightly under um but but certainly another you know 32 and a half 33 million ton crop uh, for wheat um 12 to 13 million ton for barley so exceptional um yields for us argentina is still uh tracking along and by all accounts um you know they're, they're looking at a, at a fairly good crop themselves so so i don't think there's too many more surprises in store uh, for the wheat market, um, and and really now, it's it's how the the major exporters eke out the the grain that is there, uh, and I guess the the other side of the equation is is the de- is demand and 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 how that um, falls into place. Um, does it mirror what we we think it's going to be, or will there be some some hiccups along the way? Yeah, and that's always going to be a watch and see. But looking overseas, prices are really at extremes. So how does Australia fit into that? Oh, well, I think extremes just about sums it up. Um, yeah, I, I think when we look at, um, you know, it's, it's, it's largely being driven by protein wheat and, and with Russia uh, largely making themselves 
uh, hard to deal with, or particularly from the Russian farmers' perspective, hard to deal with, um, and and setting up their their export tax, which is you know really limiting um, the Russian farmers' incentive to sell, um, but it also tends to um, close out um, a portion of the um, the Russian export business. Um, Europe had some really you know some some big rains during harvest, so that quality is is no good. Um, 30% of French wheat boil accounts is is not meet, meeting milling grade. So, so we are seeing, um, you know, very high prices. Um, I think, you know, the, I think Black Sea origin wheat trading in US dollars is sitting around $370 a tonne, followed by Europe, followed by, by the US. Um, we're right at the back of the pack. So, you know, from a, from a competitive advantage, Australian wheat is, um, is very is very cheap. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Nick, and should open up the door for export opportunities. Look, I think I think Australia's is a bit of a shining light when it comes to um, originating um, wheat. From you know, we we're pretty much going to have Southeast Asia all to ourselves. Um, we, I think, once the sort of flow from Ukraine and and Russia sort of slows down a little bit as we move into the early part of the new year. Um, you know, we, we, we may find ourselves picking up probably some of that swing business into the Middle East and, and possibly even Northern Africa as well. Um, so, you know, I think the, the demand is going to come. I think it's going to come pretty hard. And, and with the ex- exportable surplus that we're looking at this year, plus a little bit of carry out from last year, I think, you know, we're well positioned to, to move yeah, the vast majority of it, all things being equal. It sounds like, you know, with the supply situation not going to change a whole lot uh, in the near term, then there's not a huge downside risk on on global pricing anyway and the flow through to, to local. No, that, that's right. And I think, um, you know, even globally speaking, we're seeing cash values um, rise a little bit, um, sort of almost independent of the market. Um, but you know, from an Australian point of view, you know, I think we're we're on the eve of harvest. On you know, New, uh, Western Australia would have would have started. South Australia's probably picked at a few, you know, early barley and some peas. Wheat's probably still two or three weeks away um, in the earliest of areas. Um, but I think farmers are going to see uh, a fair bit of of uh, pricing pressure on on their cash prices. We're obviously looking at at some very Good, very high prices, three sixty, three seventy track type of um, multi-grade price levels. Um, yeah, I think that we're going to see just the, the the wave of of grower selling possibly push that price down a uh, some. Um, but yeah, going forward, yeah, with the the demand that's there, the lack of supply, um, you know, I can see prices remaining really quite stable well through um, into, you know, probably April, May next year at least until we get some kind of bead on what how the Northern Hemisphere crops are faring. Um, and, um, and I think the market will probably take its lead from there. Yeah, and just on that point, Nick, we always say that high prices are the cure for high prices, but for next year it sort of is a bit more complex than that because we... We know that growers will be encouraged to put 
um, you know, big plantings in because prices are so strong, but we don't know what the seasonal conditions will be like then. And the other consideration is input costs. And there's a lot of discussion happening in the Northern Hemisphere in particular of producers that might be planting less intensive crops because fertiliser and some of the other inputs are at such extremes as well. So what do you think might happen there? Oh, it's it's the $64 million question. Um, you know, it you're absolutely spot on. I think while the market is sending a, a price signal to plant more acres, to, to, to plant more wheat, more corn, more soybeans, um, you know the 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 elephant in the room, if you like, is is the cost of of fertilizer, the availability of fertilizer, um, and other inputs. So um, it is, you know, it, it, it is potentially a, a threat um, to to um, you know production for next year. It, it's, it's an early crow. I don't, you know, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge yet. Um, but you know, given how tight stocks are. Um, and I think the, the market is already quite nervous about double dip La Nina uh, affecting Brazil crops. Um, you know how, how does how does uh, how's the Russian winter shape up? How does 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 Canada get a, a snowpack to to afford them a, a bit of moisture reserves going into seeding? Um, it's not going to take too many sort of production shocks to to drive this market higher again. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out here as well because there's not as much opportunity to switch to a, a less intensive crop like they have in the Northern Hemisphere too. No, absolutely right. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're largely driven by the rotation, um, but, you know, across the board I think farmers are, are sort of resigned to the fact that they may need to use um, less fertiliser uh, again, because of availability, not so much cost, um, and and does that mean that we um, you know, automatically um, see lower uh, production? So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this season um, plays out. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And one of the things that you mentioned in your grain report last week, Nick, was mm. that, and I think you mentioned it earlier as well, is that wheat is driving the bus at the moment. So let, let's just focus in on wheat for a minute there and tell us a bit about what's changed in this space. Yeah, I think it was a poor attempt at, uh, at coming up with something snappy for a title. Um, <laughs> the, the, I guess wheat tends to be a bit of a passenger when it comes to uh, taking a lead from corn and beans in particular. Um, so with supply, they're becoming a little more comfortable um, with higher yields in the US um, and, and wheat um, becoming probably less comfortable uh, from a production perspective. Um, all of a sudden, wheat's in charge of its own destiny. Um, so, so while um, certainly, you know, the row crops are going to have uh, a significant influence um, going forward, um, on on pricing of commodities in general, but but wheat, you know, it has it's 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 uh, it's a story of its own, um, and and like I say, with you know the the major exporters uh, are going to have to um, find ways of 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 eking out supplies uh, to make sure that um, that everyone's supplied, but um, 
that they don't run out themselves. Yeah, which will put Australia in the box seat. So it'll be an interesting one. It is. And, and look, you know, I think for that reason, I think growers should be, um, you know, encouraged um, that the prices aren't necessarily going to fall off a cliff, um, barring any sort of major black swan unforeseen event. But, um, but you know, I think we're, there's, there's some, some great opportunities, obviously, for this season um, and, and potentially uh, for next as well in terms of pricing. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned earlier about the production uh, estimates for this season and this harvest, Nick, but if you're looking back to this time last year, how are local prices in Australia comparing? Yes, probably different drivers. Um, you know, we, we could see a, a massive crop coming, particularly on the east coast. Um, so the the market for protein wheat was um, probably not as, um, well, the, the expectation was that, that protein wheat was going to be uh, plentiful. Um, and then as we saw the, the harvest progress, we saw pretty much wheat become wheat. Um, so whereas this year around we have this this huge demand curve um, coming our way um, and the shortage of 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 protein wheat, um, so there's going to be a lot of pressure I think on New South Wales to to outturn back to back big protein. Um, we don't need the like the bureau's forecasting a, a wet uh, second half of the year um, that could really cause. Um, protein premiums to spike so um, so yeah it's different drivers but nonetheless yeah it's, it's it's all supportive yeah great and Nick I think we'll round off there the conversation but last question hmm. what will be the focus for the months ahead now oh uh, the focus for the months ahead um, I think it's it's going to be a, a case of well, obviously, for farmers, will be getting the crop off and and selling and 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 doing their, um, you know, doing the right thing by their business. Um, but looking looking right ahead, you know, we we we're going to be watching the planting pace in in Russia. We're going to be looking at at uh, what's happening in in Brazil. Um, you know, they've had some good rains. The the soybean planting pace is going fantastically well. Uh, corn will be going in, but but we need to watch the follow-up rains. And, and you know, like I say, we're not going to need too many production issues um, to really put a shiver through this market. So um, some interesting times ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Nick, for joining us again. And good luck with all your grower clients and, and the harvest ahead. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Liv. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Commodity Conversations. Please remember to share the podcast with your network and leave us a review or rating on your podcast platform of choice. Until next week, take care.